2: Good evening, rifflers. This is Rifts and Realms, the 5 E D D&D podcast where we discuss all you need to know about world building. From gods and demons to mountains and all hills, I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master and creator of
3: RiftWake. And I'm Josh, your co-host and fellow Dungeon Master, world builder, and fantasy enjoyer. And today we'll be talking about maps.
2: Drawing your world. That- so Josh...
3: That was bad English. <laughs> drawing right. your, your
2: rear. Anyways, Josh, Josh. Why maps? What's maps? I'm How all about map?
3: drawing your rear. Uh, drawing and your so When you're drawing your rear, <laughs> what you really yes. want to do is. <laughs> uh The most important part about this is that it's a very, very easy way to introduce your players and readers to your world. Um, They will not know the proper nouns. They will not understand everything that they are looking at. Um, But it's kind of more there to get a baseline expectation of of your drawing or your word. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Whether this is like fantasy genre or, you know, a multiverse kind of situation or a mini planet sort of thing. Having a map star map, like physical map in hand for your players to look at and for your readers to look at helps them have an understanding of where they're where they are, where they're going, and things like that in relationship to one another. Um, we do have an entire section here dedicated to like commissioning the map and like actually getting someone to draw it for you or drawing the map yourself, but I'd say that the most important start when beginning your drawing of your world or when conceptualizing your world is to, um, introduce randomness. Um, I've always found that the beginning part of the world building is the most difficult. Um, so what I've always done is I've either gotten a random map generator or, um, Throwing random dice like into a piece of paper to kind of have each dice represent a type of, you know, like, oh, the D6s are forests and the D4s are mountain ranges and the D10s are lakes. That seems
2: like good quality, high, high accuracy, very realistic, you know?
3: Yes. Well, the thing is, is that after this portion, after you've introduced the randomness, is it's more of a baseline than it is for anything else, right? Right. It's, this, it's literally just here to exist as a framework uh, to get you started. That way you can begin to make alterations. Um, and the alterations, I feel, are the most important part. They're the most time-consuming part. Uh, they're the things that require the most forethought and afterthought. Um, but whenever you're just getting started, it is better to begin than to think about beginning. <laughs> um, uh, the number of times that artists will just put a giant X in the middle of their canvas and be like, okay, now that there's something on the fucking canvas, let's see if there's something I can do. Um, and so this randomness at the beginning of your, of your world building helps to, Exist more like a wire frame that you're going to be putting things on late, what do you think, Nathan? What do you usually do whenever you first begin putting a map together
2: i actually don't don't do any terrain shit. I'm just like, okay, this is a cool city idea. I go from there um <laughs> so what normally I do is like go with what will be the starting city uh and for, I mean for Riftwake's case, I have uh you know. I have the uh, Jardin and then what I went from there was I basically uh, kind of had a vague idea of where I wanted other cities to be relative to this city and then started placing them on blank space. And then I was like, okay, what kind of terrain features do I want to restrict travel between these locations based off, uh, you know, their political situations because very often you have... um, natural, uh, you know, barriers tending to create different sort of, um, you know, racial or otherwise kinds of groups. And yeah, that's just generally how i prefer to operate. Ah, you're doing branch mode.
3: Or I guess it'd be called like node mode. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like you have a specific node and then you have a series of other nodes and you branch out from those nodes to the other nodes. What I like to do, and of course this is different from person to person, um, I like to have my environment and ecology built out and then I put cities and places around there. So it's almost like the exact opposite of the thing Nathan does is Nathan builds cities in accordance to things that are around the area, and I build environments and then put cities in places they think make sense in those environments, or in places that don't make sense in those environments, because sometimes city placement just doesn't make sense.
2: Yeah, but I mean, like, the other thing I do is, like, I first do that thing, and then I move on to... Populating the environment, just I populate the environment. I then go back and then I add some more cities. I'm (laughs) like,
3: okay, this spot's a bit empty. (laughs) Mm, I have an entire top right corner that I have not even touched. I should probably get to that. (laughs) It's
2: like, okay, there's a desert here. Cities don't really exist in deserts except where there's water,
3: but you know what? Fuck this. (laughs) I'm just going to plot one right here. Um, so this is when we get to the making alterations stage. Uh, get an understanding of how terrain features you've generated, how like, cities that you've created um, make changes to the world, right? Uh, you don't have to be an environmental scientist in order to have an understanding like this. Um, I like to take inspiration from the real world. And see how these environments mix and how temperatures and humidity impact the type of location uh, that you're going to be seeing here. Um, So, you can also do it backwards, right? You have an understanding of what the type of terrain you want it to be. So, then you create geological fixtures around that area to make it make sense. Um, So, if you want to have things like crisp mountain air, well, you need to be in a dry space with mountains, right? Like generally. And what's with the drowned space with no mountains? Well it's low humidity, high elevation. Well, wow. That's crazy. That's
2: <laughs> that's a lot more effort that I put in mind. I'm just like, okay, this place cold because I don't want it to be cold, yeah.
3: It cold because
2: I say it cold. This
3: place dry because magic. <laughs> it's magically dry. Um <laughs> But I mean, that's just it. Like all these things are things that you can you can change. You can adapt to best suit your needs. Um, And then as you're making changes to your map, uh, let some things that are pre-generated or you know those things that like are already there inspire you. If you have a large step environment that you auto-generated here, take inspirations from step cultures like. Uh, the Mongolian Empire, or other, like, tangri inspired hordes. Hordes, in quotation marks. Those barbarians. Uh, Barbarians! Um, If you have dense, dark forests, let those inspire you to come up with the people and the creatures that call that place home. Uh, Even the most hostile environments are generally lived in. Whether that be by people or by animals or something like that, fucking animals, fucking animals. Even even deserts have like entire swaths of areas that are densely populated with like desert rats and desert foxes and desert snakes and
2: desert eagles and and foxes. Desert (laughs) foxes are so fucking dangerous, especially when they love a tank shell right at you.
3: Oh man. Uh, but yeah, this is generally whenever I'll start making the people portion of the environment. Like you have an idea for the actual framework of the environment. That's when you put the people in there, let the environment impact the culture of the people around them, um, and kind of let your world build itself from there. Um Already, I usually at this point, like I'll already have a story in mind that I want to tell or something like that. And so that kind of helps inspire you. And as always, keep, keep true to your, your core, right? Those fundamental ideas that you have for the story that you want to tell. Um, if you don't want it taking place in a desert, don't have desert. That's
0: you. A- <laughs>
3: and then also make setting specific changes that tell a story about the world. Um, So we see tall tales like this in in real world. Uh, Some American examples are uh, Paul Bunyan who used to like clear entire forest with the swing of his ax and also created the grand Canyon by dropping his ax because it was so heavy and he was so hot Um, and like stuff like that. Like, having the gods or giant wizards or a madman with a super death laser, just cut an entire scar across the surface of the planet. Um, but having some of those outlandish environmental events and like ecological effects, um, really do help the planet feel lived in. And, like, there's a history there.
2: And you want to help the planet, because helping yeah. the planet's good, you know?
3: Yeah. Great scars <laughs> in the land created by an ancient wizard duel. Bodies of giants that have become literally one with the landscape. Bodies uh, of humans. Radio rivers of sludge and slime. Mmm, delicious. The hill called the dead rat way. rat died on the mm-hmm. hill. The dead rat way hill of, of hilly dead rats. Yeah, <sighs> just a bunch of dead rats. That's my favorite hill of all yeah, time. Know,
2: it's like you go there, there's like a guy standing in front of it, It's like, kill 10 rats. I mean, and then rats just randomly appear on the hill. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Very weird. Every RPG ever. <laughs> I needed to murder nine weasels. And you're like, I'm an adventurer. Why am I doing this? What did the I mean, weasels I'm supposed do? to save the world. Why do I need to kill eight weasels? No, can you
2: imagine yeah, at the end, and you're like, so how do you guys start your careers? And I'm like, oh, yes, I was... Saving um, my village from a goblin so, attack. Yeah, <laughs> and then someone else is like, oh, I actually uh, evacuated my village from a dragon attack. It was
3: horrifying. And then I killed ten weasels. <laughs> <laughs> I stepped on ten weasels, and the guy gave me $8. <laughs> And this fancy belt. <laughs> oh man! What's some of those uh, setting specific changes that you have liked to do in your story, and how do you come up with them? Sorry, like like uh, for example, in Riftway, you had that entire um, necromancy desert, right? Yeah, so, necromancy like, desert. Like I mean, like, that's like a setting specific environmental thing.
2: Think I'm a Yes. thing of a
3: jig. it's it i mean it's part of the map it's part of the world uh, how did how do you generally get inspiration to oh. put those things mm-hmm. into your setting i mean so honestly 9
2: times out of 10 is you this, this would be okay. really cool <laughs> no it, it's it's not it's not even that it's very much a case where i'm like thinking to myself why the fuck would there be a desert here this doesn't make any sense why is there a desert right beside like the fucking I mean, like, it doesn't make sense. There's, like, green over there. It's right beside a fucking river. Why is it all desert? What the <laughs> fuck? And then i like, there's not even, like, a proper mountain range stopping any of the sea coming <laughs> in and then any of the, like, fucking... So... What, what you just have to craft like, an explanation for your yeah, bullshit. Exactly. Is what it sounds. Um, like. uh, uh, yeah, basically, I was like, okay, this makes no logical sense. Magic, okay, magic, magic, <laughs> <a reason. laughs> magic did mm-hmm. it. <laughs> uh, why? Why? Okay, so it's a desert now, but how is a desert, man? Oh, fucking magic! Somebody blasted it. Um uh, Great big war, big <laughs> Blast. many nest. Okay, then what, uh, it's magic, how do I make it look more magic? Okay, the sand's purple, that's pretty magic. That's pretty magic. Yeah, then I'm like, yeah, but it's not magic enough. And then I was like, okay, creaky bones. So, a bunch of of, uh, necromancy shit. So, honestly, like, uh, a lot of my terrain things are caused by those, but then there are other locations where... They have some part to play in like history and stuff. For example, the mountain range, uh, the dual mountain range I have that's called the Crag, um, mm-hmm. which which has like a ravine that goes in between the two mountain ranges. Is like where um in the Demon Walls, all the demons would ca- fucking
3: crawl out of. Mm-hmm. Um, very dramatic, very cool. Um, very dramatic, truly dramatic. The drama. Yeah, and you know you just
2: have. A mix of, okay, I have no fucking way to explain this logically. Let me just magic this up, and then there's other locations where it's like this because something the story happened makes in the it past. So, yeah. yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've had like things like that too, where it's like I have an, an entire section of it, a very large, very dark forest that has a connection to the Feywild. Um, because, like, a long time ago, there was a portal here, and it got unstable, and it left, like, a permanent rift between those two places. And so the Fae Fae can come and go freely in this area, um, but can't leave too far past it in this situation. Uh, Yeah, like a rift wake, if you will, almost. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, and, and so, like... It doesn't necessarily have to be. I need an explanation for why there is a giant desert in the middle of lush green. Um, Sometimes it can be, I think this is a cool thing to have. And so I'm going to have it because I want it in my story. Like, that is just as valid. (laughs) It's cool. I want it. Every once in a while, I will see like so-and-so's map making doesn't make any sense. The tectonic plates don't align here. And you're like. One, shut up, nerd. Two, <laughs> two. This is a fun little story about imperialism. Just let it happen. <laughs> Just let the imperialist. Just
0: let happen, the
3: imperialist know. win. Win. <laughs> um, let's go. So like I'm saying, you don't have to be like an environmental scientist and check the pH levels of the rivers to make sure the salinity makes and sense. Like, and- <laughs> like, okay, so over here the biodiversity is really high, but <laughs> because
2: of the recent introduction of this invasive species, um, <laughs> the, the biodiversity has significantly dropped off. we are suffering from an
3: algaeical <laughs> bloom. And it's like... And, uh- <laughs> If you want to have that in your story, more power to you. Yeah. (laughs) By the same token, don't feel the need to do that. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Absolutely. So, for the last little bit here, we have making slash commissioning a map. And this physical map uh, can be very helpful for players and readers and for dungeon masters and writers To have an understanding of where they are, where they're going in relation to other places, as well as keep you grounded in your own world.
2: Yeah, so, like, another thing I would like to cover is, like, how you can get it commissioned. I suggest you find an artist and, you know, give them a bit of exposure.
3: You would say that because you're an (laughs) artist. You would say I would recommend you get an artist involved. Uh, yes, of course. That's self-serving. And then pay them an exposure, you know? Uh, I suggest oh. you pay them nothing and you build everything with an Excel spreadsheet using the paint fill color tool. Uh, yes. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> I have done that, by the way. Oh like, no God. shade on that. Like, okay, here's the thing. is This one was for me, and I wanted to have a better understanding, and I can't art. So I did what I had to do. Don't you dare Gross. judge me.
0: <laughs> Fucking
2: awful, mate. Anyways. <laughs> I mean, jokes aside, yes, having a physical map is very useful. There are tools out there that you can use, however, I think, mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean, personally, I've checked or a uh, very large handful of most that people use, and I can tell you very simply, uh, don't use anything that's feature built for it. It's not worth the money, just fucking pop open Photoshop and take a fucking paintbrush tool, you'll have a better time with that. Okay, um,
3: well, you're judging me for using Excel to come no, fill in. No, I'm not talking, I'm not talking
2: about Excel. You know, there's uh, feature built stuff like the cartographer mm-hmm. um, stuff that I basically...
3: I I think it's like Asgars generator. I don't know. Generator. It's, it literally uh, just auto-generates no, no, that, a bunch No, that's of stuff. very
2: good. I, I, if I recall mm-hmm. that one, it, it's very nice. There are some that basically sell themselves as maps like, cartography tools, but then <laughs> they're basically, a, like, a modified version of, like, fucking SketchUp and the,
3: <laughs> um, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the...
2: The program is... It feels like it was made in, like, the 1980s or something. Fuck I've shit.
3: been burned by one of those too. It was like a... It was like a city-building tool, and it looked, like, hot <laughs> garbage. <Shit. laughs> like, it like, was okay, so here's bad. Here's the thing.
2: I've seen... People use those things and make very good stuff. The thing is, most people <laughs> can't do that because those things are not built to look good. They're, they're something that you kind of fuck with for a long so, time. Yeah. Like, those you make a master it look at good. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, are you going to spend like a fucking decade <laughs> making maps so that you can become a master? at this? No, no, probably not. So, oh, honestly, not. if if you don't want to shell out the money, when honestly, like, I I don't really like spending money on art myself. Very funny. um, Ironic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, if you don't want to do that, there are avenues that you can take. I mean, there are some map tools that are much better than others that I say are okay. I think Incarnate, uh, when I used it, it's very basic. It's not gonna be perfect, but it's why I used to make my first man, and, and it's okay, like decent, decent and enough. A very lot of
3: times, you can use those simple auto-generating tool, make changes to the like in the notes and the margins, print it out, and that. give it to the artist, like like give it to the person that you're commissioning if you want to commission someone, or make changes yourself, Just keep- and use those changes. Just keep I mean, them. It doesn't need to be that
2: fantasy, like fancy fantasy. Like, look, it can literally look like Google fucking maps, and then just be like, okay, look, this is the map. If you have any issue with it, fucking pay for someone else to come, like pay, pay for pay for the
3: upgrade, dude. Mm-hmm. I'm not spending my money on that. <laughs> Absolutely, like I mean, I have I have done everything under the sun as far as map tools. Like I have carefully and meticulously done, like, Photoshop editing of existing maps, used assets that I wanted from them mixed and matched, and kind of, like, blended together their aesthetic. And I have also done that Excel spreadsheet thing. And I've also done a piece of graph paper and just made a big wobbly circle and went, this is going to be my world, throw a bunch of dice on it and go, okay, that's a mountain range, that's a city, that's a large city, like, do whatever hey, you needs know, to get done to get your story story started. Honestly,
2: I recommend doing this. You take a piece of paper and light it on fire and then uh, drop it on the floor and watch and it. stomp
3: it out and decide that you're never going to storytell again. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> Use the charred remains as your map, you know? <laughs> just light like up your hopes
3: mo- <laughs> and let them burn away. You, 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 know,
2: you know what? I'm gonna get, eventually, this, like, somebody on the Discord, my house burned now, because I did what you said, <laughs> and I'm gonna be
3: like, oh... Oh, don't listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, man.
2: I, I just said it intentionally, mm-hmm. just to, you know, flirt with the possibility of that very thing happening. <laughs> the views
3: expressed in the R- Rifts and Realms podcast <laughs> are not reflective of...
2: Are <laughs> very reflective of my destructive tendencies. <laughs> <laughs> Don't play with fire, kids. Play with water. Um, that works. No, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: I I think that's everything that we have here on us. Like actually doing the map creation portion as part of the world building. I mm-hmm. think next we're going to be doing maps in-world, right? Like, creating maps, exploring maps, yeah, updating maps. Yeah, but that's maps. gonna be next That's week, gonna be I next think. time. Yeah. So, All right. more maps next time. You can look forward to it. Yeah, look forward
2: to mapping your maps, map. Thanks for listening to Rest and Realms. Please give us a review of the and iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreoncom slash RiffWakePodcast. dear as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits, such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, and even input on riffs and rules topics. Find us on social media, on Twitter, at RiffWakePodcast. Join our Discord every month. We have a hangout session on the last Saturday of the month. I keep on forgetting to do this. And where you can speak with the cast, the link is in the description below. You can send us an email, RiffWakePodcast, at give
3: Thanks for listening. And remember, according to Nathan, we need to map our mappy map 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 time.
2: I love you guys.
3: (laughs) Constantly put Nathan on blast. Never let him forget where he comes from.
0: (laughs) At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices.